Rise and shine, Nightlings. Welcome to episode 15 of the Horror Headquarters. Now, this episode was chosen by you guys listening, if you guys are following me on Instagram, through a poll that I submitted through a chat. And you guys voted for this week's episode to be about a haunted landmark. So I have a very horrific one to tell you. And it takes place on August 4th, 1892, in Fall River, Massachusetts, where a house was inhibited by Andrew and Abby Borden, as well as their daughters, Lizzie Borden and Emma Borden. On August 4th, 1892, Andrew and Abby Borden, the father and stepmother of Lizzie Borden, were found hacked to death by an axe in their Fall River, Massachusetts home. Lizzie Borden was the one that discovered the body of her father, but someone else discovered the body of her stepmother. Adelaide Churchill was her name, and she had come over to comfort Lizzie Borden after hearing the death of her father, only to find the body of her stepmother on the second floor on her bedroom floor behind the bed. Lizzie was immediately taken into questioning, and her interrogation was far from normal. Now, I've read the interrogation papers, I've read what they told her, and I've also seen reenactments of how it was portrayed. And what I can tell you is that Lizzie was stumbling over her words, she was very confused, she was contradicting herself throughout the entire interrogation, and throughout it all, she didn't seem upset, concerned, or worried. She seemed very calm, very observant, very relaxed. And those are qualifications that apply to serial killers, which is insane. But nevertheless, a week later, she was arrested for the double murder. Now, there is so much detail in this case that it's hard for me to discuss it all in one episode. So I'm going to try giving you guys the straight facts without trying to leave anything important out. I will say a lot of you guys may be asking, what about the other daughter? What about the maid? Now, just to start, the other daughter was not home at the time. And the maid actually described her entire day leading up to the killings. Now, she did say something that sends chills down my spine, and that is when the husband, Lizzie's father, arrived home, the door was locked, and as the maid went to unlock the door, she heard Lizzie behind her at the top of the stairs laughing. Now, you might think, what does this have to do with the story? And I'll explain it to you guys right now. The body of Abby Borden was found upstairs in her bedroom, laying behind her bed with her face on the floor, being hit with an axe 11 times. And the fact that Lizzie was at the top of the stairs, the door was open, and she somehow didn't see her laying on the floor 
is terrifying and horrifying at the same time. It also goes to note that the murders took place an hour and 30 minutes apart. Another very important fact about this case is that the day before the murders, Lizzie Borden attempted to buy poison but was denied it. Now, what was she using this poison for? Her excuse was that she tried purchasing it to keep moths from eating a fur cape. Yeah. And then something happened a couple days after the murders. Alice Russell, a family friend of the Bordens, observed Lizzie burning a blue dress in the kitchen stove. Now, you might be wondering, what does this have to do with the case? On the day of the murders, Lizzie Borden was wearing a blue dress. Now, Alice could not confirm if this was the same dress that was used on that day, but what she can say is that Lizzie's excuse for burning the dress was that it had paint on it and was stained and was no use to her no longer. But this is where I'm very conflicted and interested. Why would she burn the dress if she could have just thrown it away? Was she afraid that it had some evidence on it? Was there possibly some blood on it? Did she have two blue dresses and decided to do that to use it as an alibi? I'm not sure. But what I do know is that it's very, very mysterious that she would burn the dress instead of throwing it away. I mean, what is burning it in the kitchen stove inside going to do for you? I don't know. Maybe things worked differently back then. I mean, obviously they did work differently, but it, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I wish they had looked more into that. And I would have very much liked Alice Russell, who saw her burning the dress, to have taken it away from her, ran to the police, and got it scanned for fingerprints. That's the other thing. Forensics played a huge fault in this case. Now, of course, an investigation was done immediately after the murders took place, but forensics did a horrible job of scanning for fingerprints, looking for any evidence, all of that. And the reason for their excuse is that they were still at the infancy of forensics. It was kind of being discovered in the Americans at this time, though it was very much used in Europe. But I guess they didn't properly know how to use it, so they decided to completely ignore it and try to depend more on the verbal exchanges that they had on that day, as well as the evidence provided by many of the witnesses and people that were involved in this case. It also goes to mention that Lizzie Borden's alibi for not committing the murders was that she was in the barn looking for fishing supplies at the time that the murders were taking place. But police found no footprints in the barn, making Lizzie look even more guilty of these crimes. Now, there is one suspect that is till this day still questioned to be the person behind these murders. 
and that person is John Morse, who is Lizzie Borden's uncle. In simple terms, this was her mom's brother, not her stepmother's brother. So a lot of people think that he had a vengeance against Andrew and Abby for him getting remarried and for the death of his sister. Now there's a lot of play at this. Could he and Lizzie have been working together? Could the maid Lizzie and John Morris have been working together to inherit the estate, the money, everything? It could be. But there's one very interesting fact about John Morris. Besides being a farm owner, he was also a butcher. And it's believed that he used his meat cleaver to kill the Bordens. And as soon as the case was completed and over with, he left Fall River and he never returned. And he ended up dying at the age of 79. Sorry, th this case gives me chills. It makes my hair tingle in so many ways because there's just so many different theories and scenarios that could have possibly happened and the case is so heavy and the fact that it's still discussed over a hundred years later is mind-boggling to me. Now, during the court case of Lizzie Borden, something very unfortunate and horrific occurred. And that is that as the prosecutor was talking to the juries, he accidentally knocked into the table containing the evidence, which was the two skulls of Andrew and Abby Borden. And they fell to the floor and Lizzie, who was on the stand at the time, ended up fainting at the sight of them and the court was adjourned until she could recover and after only two weeks on june 20th 1893 lizzie was acquitted of all charges and found not guilty a jury of 20 white males continued to emphasize how lizzie borden would never do such a thing being that she was a very religious woman very kind respectful and they just didn't view her as someone that could do this. It goes to show that Lizzie Borden was very well known in her town as a respectful, kind, and religious woman. Hence her acquittal. And a very quick one if you ask me. Also would like to point out that her sister Emma after Lizzie was acquitted barely talked to each other and they distanced themselves and never spoke and they died days apart from sickness which is very 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 creepy and horrific they both ended up being buried next to their murdered parents now till this day the crime goes unsolved People don't know who did it. People assume it's Lizzie Borden. There are literally investigators, people that dedicate their lives to this case to figure out 
the motives, what happened, reworking everything, going to the area where it all occurred to try and figure out a solution. But there still hasn't been one. And for many of these investigators, there's over a hundred people that are doing this. Many of them cannot come to a clear consensus if Lizzie Borden did this. Or if she was in fact right and she said that an intruder came in and murdered her parents. Still goes on to this day and it is a case that continues to fascinate audiences around the world. Now, there were multiple executions of Lizzie Borden's case and her life. This includes, but is not limited to, multiple books about it, multiple researchers creating articles about the situation, theories, an episode of The Simpsons including Lizzie Borden, an episode of Dance Moms including where Maddie dances as Lizzie Borden, where she's portrayed as the killer, another movie that was created in 2018, which is considered a biopic of Lizzie Borden, and explores the possibility that she was abused by her parents, hence the murder of them too. There's even a nursery rhyme that I believe many people out there can recognize, and it goes something like this. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax, and when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. It's kind of like the other nursery rhyme that goes ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes may all fall down. But this one's a lot more creepier, being that there were literally school children singing this. It's, it's insane. I'm sorry, I'm still getting shivers from this because this case is beyond horrific. And I'm going to keep saying horrific because I literally have no other way to explain it. But now I'm going to get to the haunted aspect of it. In Fall River, Massachusetts, today there is a bed and breakfast that takes place at the murder location. Yep. You heard that correctly, a bed and breakfast where you can stay overnight, get a tour of the entire house, and even stay in the rooms where the murders took place as well as where Lizzie Borden resided. This is horrifying, but surprisingly, I'm interested in this, and I don't know why I'm interested in this because it's freaking insane, but I would love, love, love to go to Massachusetts and see the house. and actually stay for a bed and breakfast. Now, I'm not sure if I'd stay in the room where the murders took place. I'd probably stay in a different room, but I'd have to see. The reason I say I'm interested in it is because there's so many paranormal investigators that have gone to this house and have written up what they've experienced. Now, of course, a lot of them say nothing happened, nothing really occurred, but for majority of the people, they say that they didn't exactly hear anything, but when they fell asleep, they had dreams of the murders that took place. They had dreams of something horrific taking place in the house. And it even goes as far as to have multiple YouTube episodes of people that are paranormal investigators that talk with the dead, mediums that would go to the house and attempt to get any information. 
and there's many YouTube episodes of this. You can literally search it up, but one that I've watched is Sam and Colby, and they do not BS with their information. They literally have a median with them that goes on many of their explorations, let's call it that, and when they went to the Lizzie Borden house, they experienced a lot of horrific events, a lot of weird things, and it was purely terrifying to watch. And I just want to quote that the medium that was at the house stated that they believe that it was John Morse who did the killings of the two parents. Something I have to continuously remind myself of is that this took place in 1894. This was before we had any of the technology we have today. Like, for example, with the O.G. Simpson case where he was proved not guilty. Uh, that for a later episode, though. But it's just interesting because the fact that their building is still there, standing strong. Of course, obviously, the furniture has changed, but actually, for the most part, a lot of it has remained the same. And it shocks me that annually they attract much attention from people across the world that are interested in entering it themselves, seeing if they feel anything, you know, that kind of stuff. Hence why I want to go, because if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I can feel energy in a way I can't describe. Now, you can believe that or not, but this is one of the many reasons why I'm actually interested in going to this landmark. And if I feel disturbed, if I feel a weird energy, I'm going to be terrified, and I will definitely report back to this podcast on my experience. But we'll see when that happens. Could happen next year, could happen a year after that. All I know is that it's definitely on my bucket list. There's just so many haunted landmarks in Massachusetts alone. So whenever I go, I'm definitely going to be like having a list of all the places I want to go every single day, what I want to do, all that kind of stuff. But this case is insane. It's always on my mind ever since I started researching it. And I will continue to research it, look at all the theories, all the possibilities of who murdered Abby and Andrew Borden. I also just have to throw in these couple things is that they actually had pictures of the murder scenes of both Andrew Borden's face being smashed in as well as Abby Borden being face down on the floor in a freaking bath of blood. And they are both equally as terrifying. And the fact that we have these photos today, it's insane and extremely disturbing. But another thing I want to mention, and I actually really like this theory, is that a lot of people suspect that it was Andrew's illegitimate son that murdered him and his wife. I'm going to leave it there, but do your research and you'll see why I'm so stuck on this. But it's time to come to my conclusion as of now of who I think murdered Lizzie Borden's parents. And my consensus is that it was Lizzie Borden and John Morse together. I think they were 
after the money of the estate, after everything that Andrew had built up, and also want to note that Lizzie Borden had constant arguments with her father as well as with her stepmother. She did not have a good relationship with her stepmother, being that her original mother died when she was two years old. So there's just a lot at play and it's just a really crazy story. But if you want to learn more, there are so many YouTube videos, there are so many articles, books, films, movies, adaptations of it, and they're all so interesting and I can't wait to dive into them so much more because this case is something that keeps me up at night and I cannot wait to visit Fall River, Massachusetts. Have you heard of the Lizzie Borden case? Do you think that she murdered her parents? Drop it in the Q&A. Let me know what you guys suspect or your theories on this infamous case that took place in the 1890s. Because this is something still discussed to this day, as I've mentioned. So I'm extremely interested to hear what you guys think of this entire scenario with all the details that I provided to you guys. So please drop it in the Q&A. Let me know of your proposals, of your theories. Do you think Lizzie Borden did it? Do you think there was a lack of evidence, a lack of forensics involved? Do you think there were other aspects at play? Whatever you guys may think. I'm excited and eager to see your guys' responses. And do not forget that there is a poll under this episode for you guys to answer. And I'm looking forward to your guys' responses to that as well. Before we conclude tonight's episode, I do want to announce the poll results of the previous episode. Now the question was, how do you celebrate Thanksgiving? And the first place goes to with family. That was majority of people, which I'm not surprised by. Second place was celebrate with friends, which has become more common now because Friendsgiving exists. Third place was tied between five different options, which was buy a bunch of food, stay in and sleep, give to others, it's a fake holiday, which it is, and National Day of Mourning, which is how many people look at Thanksgiving, is a National Day of Mourning of all the people murdered, of all the indigenous people murdered on that day, as well as where we get the word Thanksgiving from. Now, if you don't know yet, make sure to give my previous episode a listen. Now, there is no end to this case, but this is sadly the end of this episode. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. I'm so grateful for every single one of you that made it this far. I love doing this. It relieves so much stress off of my shoulders. I literally have finals coming up and doing this just makes me happy. Makes me feel like I have meaning, um, <laughs> but I really do enjoy it. I really do appreciate your guys's support 
I wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank you for following, for liking, for reading us on Spotify and Apple Music. It just means so much to me. And for participating in all the polls and Q&A and messaging me on Instagram and Twitter. It's just really cool to get to know you guys a lot. So I really do appreciate it. If you guys are not following us yet, please consider hitting that follow button, rating us on Apple and Spotify Music. I really, really, really do appreciate it. I am forever grateful for you guys' commitment to my podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Horror Headquarters, as well as on Twitter at the Horror HQ, as well as subscribing to our website, which is linked below in the description. I look forward to so many more episodes to come. I am beyond excited for what is planned, and I am currently still wearing my Horror Headquarters t-shirt that I cannot wait for you guys to get your hands on. As always, please make sure to participate in the poll below this episode, as well as participate in the Q&A provided on Spotify. Now, if you guys are not part of Spotify yet, it is free, absolutely free. You should definitely create an account. It's free. This is not sponsored at all by Spotify. I just get to interact with you guys a lot more through Spotify. But if you just truly cannot get it, please just message me on Instagram at the Horror Headquarters or on Twitter. And I would be so happy to talk with you guys more about my episodes, feedback, what I can improve on. What you guys look forward to for this season, for what I'm creating, what you guys want to see more, what I should improve on, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you can also drop that in the Q&A if you're a part of Spotify. But until next time, tread very lightly and pray that you're not axed to death because midnight hour is approaching.